if you want to hear about the future of the hobby and how startups and new technology could disrupt everything, then this episode is for you. My name is Jeff Wilson. By day, I invest in tech companies. And at night, I invest in sports cards. Join me on my journey to profit from the hobby we all love. card investors and welcome to another episode an episode that i am really excited to bring you today because today i get to combine two of my passions into this episode i get to combine my love for sports cards with my love of startups and disruptive technology and bring them together to give you a glimpse into what I think the future of the hobby might look like and also where I think there is business opportunity, tons of business opportunity to be explored. So you know from the intro of this show that even though I spend a ton of time working on sports cards, working on sports card investor, collecting, investing, etc., that that's not my day job. I do a lot of that at nights and weekends and all that type of thing. But during the days, I run tech companies. I founded a number of tech companies and I invest in tech companies. I'm also a mentor here in Atlanta with a number of different startup programs, including the largest startup hub in the Southeast United States. And through those experiences, I have gotten to see firsthand many successful startups I've gotten to see what disruption of an industry looks like, how advanced technology can impact an industry, and how a whole industry can be changed by people coming in with different ways of thinking, taking a new look at everything. One of the reasons why I got so excited about sports cards a few years ago when I rediscovered the hobby after having, you know, been in it as a kid, but then for many years didn't pay attention to sports cards at all, and then got back into it a few years ago. When I rediscovered the hobby, what I saw was a huge industry, a really, really big industry with billions, billions of dollars being transacted every single year. But it was so sleepy from a technology perspective, from a content perspective. It was so behind the times. It was, it was very unsophisticated. And I've had experiences in the sports gambling industry and in the fantasy sports industry. And it is night and day how much more sophisticated fantasy sports and sports gambling are than sports cards. And when I look at the sports card industry as a whole, when I look at all aspects of the hobby, from grading to marketplaces, to data and analytics, to manufacturers, I can't help but think this is just the beginning. There is so much technological advancement that is going to take place and disrupt all of these areas in the next 10 years. And if you think, think back to where fantasy sports was 10 years ago, where was fantasy sports? There was so much less content. The apps 
the way the ways you could play fantasy sports was so much less sophisticated. Daily fantasy sports wasn't even a thing. We only knew fantasy sports back then as these season-long games. There was no such thing as playing for the day or actually risking money, building a lineup, you know, and, and having money at stake and doing that whole type of thing. Fantasy sports has gotten so dynamic, so sophisticated, so many different ways to enjoy the experience compared to where it was 10 years ago. And by the way, so much content. I mean, you know, shows on all the networks, incredible websites, tons of in-depth content tools, analytics. Obviously, uh, I, we've got a great partnership with Roto Grinders. They are just one of many wonderful informational sites with all kinds of data tools about fantasy sports. Where was that for sports cards? And even still to a degree, where is that for sports cards? Obviously, some tools and some data and some advancements have come along but there is still so much further to go. We are so behind as an industry compared to fantasy sports and the same compared to sports gambling and how sophisticated sports gambling has become and how, of course, it, you know, it is growing and spreading, obviously. But the tools and the data and, and the content that is out there is so much more sophisticated than it is with sports cards. And when I saw this a few years ago, I said to myself, there is tremendous opportunity, tremendous business opportunity in the sports card hobby. And that was part of my motivation for launching Sports Card Investor, for launching this channel, for bringing my concept of market movers, my data platform to life. That was all part of it. But that's just the beginning. Like we are just scratching the surface. There is so much more opportunity out there today. And so I want to spend a few minutes exploring it, telling you where I see the opportunities, telling you where I think things could go in the future. I'm going to start with grading. Let's talk about grading. Grading is perhaps the part of the industry that is most primed for disruption right now. We all know how frustrating it is to have to wait six months to get your cards back from basically the monopoly that PSA has at this moment in time. And I know, you know, a lot of people still use Beckett and BGS, although the hobby really seems to have shifted to PSA as being the breadwinner, at least from a pricing standpoint, uh, over the course of this last year. And I know you have SGC and now you've got some other upstarts coming into the area, but they're all plagued with the same problems with extremely low, you know, slow turnaround times, not very customer service friendly, et cetera. And I know they're trying to do things about this. I know they're trying to make big improvements and they are, and, and I actually own a lot of stock in the company that owns PSA. Uh, and so, you know, I get their updates and I know they're working hard and, and, you know, they're doing a lot of good things. But that industry is still so prime for disruption. Because I am a tech investor, I have a lot of startups, a lot of people with ideas in the sports card hobby who reach out to me, who send me their business plan, who ask me if I would be willing to partner or invest. So I see a lot of what's happening. And I can tell you that I have had I've had a handful of people reach out over the last few months that are all independently working on computer vision products to be able to do sports card grading via, you know, to be able to do it via a computer, right? Camera systems. Some people are doing phone apps where you can scan a card with your phone. Of course, that's probably not going to be sophisticated enough to really analyze it, but that might give you at least an idea of things like centering. 
Other people are working on systems that have multiple cameras, different lighting angles, all that type of thing that would do a more thorough assessment. Some are layering in machine learning. So basically the computers are being trained to get smarter and smarter over time and be, be able to better you know, assess cards. This is clearly the future. And even PSA knows it's the future because I've heard rumors that PSA has been investing significant amounts of money in computer vision systems of their own to try to add a computer element to how they are doing the grading. Now, I have a vision beyond that because I think where grading really needs to go is to the point where we can get grading to be so automated that you can literally walk into your local card shop in your city with a stack of cards and your local card shop has a machine behind the counter. Think, think about when you go into like CVS or Walgreens, when you used to take a roll of film and 60 minutes later, all your photos would be processed out of their big machine and they'd hand you back the pack of photos. How about you taking a stack of sports cards to your local card shop and 60 minutes later you walk back in and they're all graded and slabbed and they're handed back to you. It sounds far-fetched, but it is possible. And if it, what it will take is it will take this computer vision technology to be able to accurately assess the condition of any card and identify any card. As soon as that can happen, now... Uh, that grading technology can be dispersed. It can be dispersed to local sports card stores. And if they have an apparatus within their store that allows them to quickly grade a card by computer and then quickly slab the card and put the grade as part of it, as part of some sort of machine that would take care of all of this process for them, how dynamite would that be? How amazing would it be to walk into your local card shop and be able to get your cards graded in 60 minutes? I think that's where we're going. May take us a little while to get there, but that's where I believe we're going. And I believe that there are people out there, whether it's the big grading companies or whether it's some of these startup entrepreneurs who are playing in the space that will eventually push us to get there. Now, this is not an area that I am playing in currently. It is a, you know, trying to do what I just described is very capital intensive. And if you go as far as having the machines in the local card stores, it then becomes a hardware play. My background as a tech investor is centered around software. I like software plays. That's my specialty. I know software really, really well. I don't know hardware as well. I don't know, you know, the production of devices that well. And I do know it's very capital intensive. You have to have great manufacturer relationships to pull that type of thing off. And one of the things you learn as an investor is, you know, pick your lane. And this is, by the way, great advice for business in general. Pick what you are best at. Pick what you know the most, what your experience lines up with, and what you are the best at, and go deep in that lane. And so that's what I do. So I go deep with startup software plays. And that's obviously why I developed Market Movers as my first product. By the way, the first product of several. And that's one of the cool things about what we're developing at Sports Card Investor. Sports Card Investor is not just going to be the show and the content that you see in our social channels and Market Movers, our data platform. It's not just going to be that. It's going to be a lot more than that. And over the course of the next couple of years, we will be introducing new product after new product to, to change many aspects of the hobby. Now, grading is not one area where we, are, where we are likely to get involved ourselves. Perhaps we invest in one of these computer vision companies. Perhaps we partner 
with a company that's already in the space. But it is an area that hopefully somewhere, someone out there watching the video right now is going to make an impact and is going to make the process of grading better. Let's talk about marketplaces. Now, I got to tell you right off the bat, we have a great relationship with eBay here at Sports Card Investor. We very much respect eBay. eBay is obviously the giant gorilla in the sports card marketplace game. They have by far the most inventory, by far the most transaction volume, by far the longest legacy of uh, providing sports card you know, transactions in the hobby. And we're big supporters of eBay. eBay has some challenges that everybody who reads any of the online forums or talks to anyone who is a seller on eBay knows. They've had some real challenges this year where there have been buyers who have been taking advantage of eBay's very buyer-friendly return policies. And while I commend eBay for having such buyer protections, when it comes to most shopping, in sports cards, it doesn't work. Because in sports cards, you have people taking advantage of eBay's policies and returning cards just simply because the market value of those cards dropped for no other reason. You also, by the way, sometimes have sellers canceling transactions because they sold a card and then over the next couple of days before they shipped it, the card went up in value and then they canceled the transaction. I've seen it both ways. It's not good. It's a problem that eBay is very aware of and eBay has eBay has new leadership and good leadership in place who I believe will make improvements in those areas over time. I believe that they will. But with that said, there is still so much room in the marketplace space to do some really, really interesting things. And again, this is not an area that it's in Sports Card Investor that we're playing in right now, mainly because we've got a really good partnership with eBay. But it is an area where I would expect new people to come about, new things to crop up. I'm actually really surprised. I'm really surprised that the only major new marketplace in the sports card hobby that I can think about that launched this year, this calendar year so far, is Starstock. Starstock's the only one. Uh, StockX launched into trading cards late last year. Then you had Starstock launch this year. I am surprised that there has not been a push for more marketplaces. But it is, I will say this, it is very difficult to get a new marketplace off the ground because you have to have the network effect. You have to have a conglomerate of buyers and a conglomerate of sellers for the thing to work and getting it going, getting that network effect going where people are pulling other people in and you've got a huge amount of inventory and a huge amount of people buying the inventory, that is really difficult. So while technologically it may be relatively easy to build a new marketplace, you know, it's not, it's not that difficult to build the software to power a new marketplace, but the challenge of getting a new marketplace go going is actually the marketing and the user adoption. And that can be very difficult and that can be very expensive. But I welcome new people to see what they can do in the marketplace space because I do think this is an area where we could see some really interesting innovation in the years ahead. Let's talk about fractional ownership. Fractional ownership has really kind of burst onto the scene in the sports card hobby. And it's it's funny because a couple of years ago, I first found out about Rally Road. And by the way, for those of you who don't know what fractional ownership is, this is a concept where somebody will take a really expensive card. Let's see, for example, let's say, let's just say you take a LeBron James uh, Topps rookie card. Now this actually, comparatively to what you see on the fractional ownership sites, this actually isn't 
that expensive of a card. They'll typically take, you know, this card I think is about 4,000 right now. They'll typically take cards that are, you know, maybe 50 or 100 or $500,000. And what they will do is they will essentially, they will hold the card, but they will essentially sell shares of the card. So you could buy one one thousandth of a 1986 Fleer Michael Jordan PSA 10 rookie card. So that's a card that you may never be able to afford yourself, but you can buy a share of it. You can buy one 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 thousandth of that card through companies like Rally Road or Collectible. There's a new one coming along called Alt. And that's an interesting concept to allow you to invest in, in cards that you otherwise couldn't afford, that you otherwise couldn't invest in. I became aware of Rally Road, which was the first one to move into this space, in the sports card space. I became aware of them a few years ago before they had done anything with sports cards. And back then they were actually selling shares of vintage cars. That's how they started. That's why they're called Rally Road. They were selling selling shares of vintage cars. They were buying really expensive cars and you could buy like one one thousandth of a particular car. And I said, oh my gosh, this concept would work really well for sports cards. The second I saw it, I said, I said, somebody is going to do this for sports cards and they're going to do well with it. And sure enough, it was actually Rally Road themselves, which I think probably about maybe six months or a year after I thought that to myself, they all of a sudden started doing sports cards on their website. And uh, now others have come along. I mentioned Collectible. There's a new one coming out called Alt. And... Um, they're all focused on, on shares of high-end cards. I think that's interesting. I think there is a market there, but I think the market, the way that they're doing it is for the longer-term investor. It's not, it's not like a real-time dynamic, dynamic marketplace to buy and sell shares. And that actually is where I think they're missing the boat a little bit. And there is a new startup coming along that I'm really excited about that has a, a, an interesting spin on fractional ownership where it's gonna be a much more dynamic marketplace. That's all I can say about it now, but you're gonna hear a lot more about it on this channel in the months ahead because I'm gonna be investing and partnering with this startup and I'm really excited to see uh, how they're gonna enter the marketplace in the near future. So fractional ownership is gonna be an area that you should definitely keep your eye on. It is an exciting, exciting area to look at and track. Also exciting is data and analytics. And of course, that's where my Market Movers data tool comes into play. And I think in order for this hobby to get more and more sophisticated, in order for the marketplaces to become more real time, because by the way, real time is where I think a lot of this is going. Just in general, I think real time, I think the ability to buy in and out of a card in a very short amount of time, the ability to buy a card or buy part of a card before a football game, you know, at 1 p.m. on Sunday, and then when the player has an incredible performance to sell out of that card at the end of the football game at 4 p.m. on Sunday, I think we're gonna see the marketplace go more in that direction. Every, every, every element of the hobby, I think, is gonna go more in that direction. So data and analytics have to follow. And the, my Market Mover uh, data platform, which we brought to life, the, the, you know, the first part of what we did there was being able to track the price changes of cards and you know, that type of thing. And then we built in the ability to, to put in your collection and see how the items in your collection are changing in price. Where we are going with that and where I see the future of that is a couple of things. First of all, we are focused on expanding our library of cards 
tremendously. I want to get to the point next year, at some point next year, where we have hundreds of thousands of cards, literally hundreds of thousands of cards that the Market Movers data platform is tracking and is tracking the price changes on. And I want to get to the point where it's not just updating the data once a day, but it's updating it more real time. So you can actually see across every possible card in your collection, not just the premium cards, but every card in your collection, you can get a sense of how that of how the market is changing and what things are happening. That's where we want to eventually go with market movers. And beyond that, I think there can be some really interesting, compelling work done around artificial intelligence and using artificial intelligence with advanced analytics to discover investing opportunities in the sports card market. We've already laid the foundation of some of that with market movers because with market movers, we do things like, for example, we you can compare the ratio of what a base card to a silver card is selling at for all of the players in a certain rookie class. And if you, if you use the tools and market movers manually, you can start to discover, oh, wait a minute, this one's underpriced. Oh, wait a minute, this one's overpriced. Why is this PSA 10 of Zion selling for 5X the PSA 9, but the PSA 10 of Ja is selling for 3X the PSA 9? Wait, wait, something's off here. Why is this off? Let's look at the population counts. Let's look at the gem mint ratio. You know, what's the picture here? But right now it's a market movers gives you the tools to do that. And we're adding more and more tools for you to be able to compare across players but there's still some manual work involved in being able to look at all the data and do some analysis. I think making that analysis more automated, bringing artificial intelligence to that type of analysis, that will really start to give buyers and investors the leg up on the marketplace. And that is technology that me and my team are pushing hard on, continuing to work on. We want to continue to be the market leader in that area and lead the hobby forward when it comes to data and analytics. Let's talk about manufacturers, right? This is an area where there, honestly, it would be great if there was some disruption, but you've got a monopoly effect. You have Panini with the exclusive license to use the team logos for, you know, for NFL, and NBA, and you've got upper deck for hockey and you've got tops for baseball. Now, soccer is actually more of a free form competition, but the four major US sports are exclusives. And those exclusives, by the way, are gonna last a long time. It is, it is uh, I've heard that tops has their major league baseball exclusive through the year 2026. And Panini has their NFL and their NBA exclusive for close to that amount of time. I don't think all the way to 2026, but they still have some runway on their NFL and NBA. So we're not going to see that change. Unfortunately, it would be nice if we could have some more competition in the marketplace. And I say that I respect Panini and I respect Tops. I think they do a lot of things well with the production of their cards. There's certainly some things they could also do better without a doubt. But I think overall, they're doing a, a fairly good job. That's my personal opinion. You may not agree. But I also think that competition is always a positive thing. For any industry, for any company, competition is a positive thing, without a doubt. And so competi more competition in the marketplace space would be positive. I don't know that we're really going to get that. But what I do think is really interesting is what is the future of digital cards? Digital cards is something that nobody has really been able to crack. No one's really been able to crack it. 
Panini has come, this year Panini's been doing their Panini blockchain, which I don't think is getting a ton of attention or a ton of traction. I don't see many people talking about it. I don't, I don't see people really, you know, excited or, or investing heavily in it. I don't see a lot of activity. There's not a lot of trade activity with their digital blockchain cards. There have been various attempts at digital cards over the years. Tops has two or three different digital card products. None of them have actually really caught on from an investing standpoint. Um, I still think there is some potential for somebody to figure out how to do digital cards right. Now, the problem is you're probably gonna be blocked. You know, I, I don't know what all the license situation is around digital, but, but you know, needless to say, if you start to make a real play in that area, you're probably gonna have Benini, you're probably gonna have Tops trying to put roadblocks in front of you through their licenses, you know, with, with the different sports leagues and that type of thing. So it might be hard for an outsider to come in and make a whole lot of noise on their own, but I do think there is potential for digital cards in the future of sports cards. We just haven't quite figured out what that is yet. Let's talk about breakers. So, you know, card breaking is an awesome phenomenon. Um, it's, you know, it, it, it is, it is a thrill. I, you know, I, I'm sure you probably have participated in online breaks before, or at least have watched some online breaks. And honestly, it is a fabulous form of entertainment. And even though as a sports card investor, I will tell you that buying into online breaks is generally a bad investment. I will also tell you that it is a heck of a lot of fun. And it is great entertainment and I will do it sometimes because I like to be able to sit on my couch and put YouTube up on the TV and watch someone do a break of a new product. It's really fun. I especially like being able to buy a little piece of a high-end product and then it's, you got that gambling effect. You got that effect of you're literally, literally participating in a little bit of like a slot machine pull while sitting on your couch. You've bought in to opening a box of National Treasures or Flawless or Top Sapphire or you know some high-end product and you're sitting there you know, waiting to see if your team or your player or your random number gets pulled out of that box and maybe you end up with a big jackpot win. It's, it's, it's enticing. It gets your adrenaline going. Breaking, I think, is only going to get more popular. I think, it's, I think it's been great for the hobby. It's been, one, it's been huge for the hobby. I think it's only going to get more popular. There is an interesting startup in the breaking space that is trying to bring different breakers together on the same platform within the same app. I think that's interesting. They're also then uh, trying to get it where you can do real-time commerce. I th that's, that's, that's one thing with breaking that's a little bit lacking right now is it's not real-time enough from watching the stream, immediately buying into a break, the break starts happening a minute later. There's always you know, some kind of delay in that process. I think it'd be really interesting. Also, by the way, the e-commerce experience is separated from the stream which also it would be much nice, much nicer if they were more tightly integrated together. And so there's one startup that's making some progress in that area. I had the opportunity to invest in them. Didn't work out. Uh, they, 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 uh, they, uh, <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't like my offer. I made them a bit of a sharky offer, I guess, and they didn't like my offer. So that one didn't work out. But uh, there are, I'm sure there are others that are gonna be getting into this space as well. And here's, here's what I think could be really cool from a breaking standpoint. I think that there is potential, future potential in breaking meeting 
the 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 feeling of playing the game uh, HQ trivia. Remember the game HQ trivia? That was it was all the rage like a year or two ago, and it was like this live interactive trivia game where like you had a really good quality host who was funny and witty, and you were answering questions, and it, and it was literally all happening live, and you were you know playing with with thousands of other people and. You would press buttons in your app, and you know the host would the host would or your scores and everything would come up in real time. That type of idea for breaking the type of idea where you could literally be watching a stream with an entertaining host, with an entertaining, engaging host, and he could he could be you know hey what product do you want to you know uh, break next, and you could vote real time, and then the vote tally is coming up. He's like great, here's a box of Prism Football you can buy in right now. You know, a slot a, a slot for this break is 50 bucks. Do you want to buy in? And it pops up on your phone. Do you want to buy in? Yes or no? Yes, I want to buy in. And as soon as the 30 slots are filled, it's like, great, all the slots are filled. He does the break. And it's this real kind of engaging, almost like a game show feeling, real-time streaming. Breaking should go in that direction. And, and it will. And people are going to figure that out. And, and, you know, I've got, I'm friends with the guys who started this awesome card shop in LA on Hollywood Boulevard called Cards and Coffee. It just opened up. You got to check them out on Instagram. And those guys are trying to really build a better breaking experience with better technology, better production quality. And I think it's really compelling what they're what they're trying to do. And I, I see more of that in the future. I just see better quality, higher produced, more interactive breaking. And I think there's the opportunity for people to really get ahead in that space and do something special. Uh, those are just some of the areas that I think are ripe for disruption. But you could think through other aspects of the hobby as well. You could think think about storage, how cards are stored, how people display their collection, how people insure their collection. You know, when I'm talking to new startup founders and they sometimes come to me and say, hey, how do you get ideas? How do you get ideas for different companies you founded, you know, over time? One very practical, easy piece of advice is to think through a day in your life. Or in, if you're thinking specifically about the sports card hobby, think about, think about your experiences as a sports card collector or investor. What is a day in your life as a sports card investor or collector look like? And what are the things in that process that you wish were better, that either have caused you some pain because they're annoying, they take a lot of time, like for example, maybe preparing cards for shipping, for example, and dealing with shipping labels and the whole shipping process on eBay. Could that be disrupted somehow? You know, what are the other elements of dealing with, you know, investing in cards, collecting cards that cause you some sort of pain or annoyance or that you just say to yourself, man, this should be a lot better. This should be a lot better than it is because that's where great business ideas are born from. And so it could be any of these areas I just talked about, or it could be something else. You could have some other idea of how, you know, something about the sports card hobby where you're like, man, wouldn't it be a lot better if it were this way? Or would it be, you know, could, you know, this would solve a lot of problems and a lot of personal pain that I experience if we could do it this way. That's where great ideas are born from. So. If you are an entrepreneur, if you're thinking about a startup, that's what I would encourage you to do. And I will tell you, I think the sports card hobby is ripe for new startups. And I think it is ripe for disruption. I think we're going to see a lot of startups launching in the next few years. I think we're going to see a lot of money 
fueling new startups to launch. Venture capital is going to come into the market. We might see private equity come into the market. We're going to see a lot of angel investors such as myself continuing to invest in companies that are doing things in the marketplace. I think we're going to see all of that. And part of the reason why I am so optimistic about the future of the sports card hobby and why I think cards are only going to go up from here is because I think it's this type of activity. It's the new startups coming in. It's breaking becoming better and more available to the masses. It's grading being improved. It's the marketplaces becoming real time. As more of that stuff happens, there will be more activity in the hobby. There will be more money in the hobby. There will be more interest in the hobby and a rising tide rises all boats. And the, the price of your Giannis cards is going to go up as all of that stuff starts to happen, in my opinion. So I remain bullish on the sports card hobby. I am excited to see what is going to occur in the years ahead. If you have a business idea, and let me give you a tip here, a business plan, not just an idea, but a plan. People contact sports card investor all the time with ideas. And, and, and we don't always have the chance to respond to them. And I've had a lot of people reach out. And, and if you're one of them, I'm sorry if I haven't been able to get back to you. You have to try a few times sometimes um, just because we get a ton of emails, you know, a ton of people contacting. But what, what you really need to come to the table with is a really well thought out business plan, not just an idea. Because ideas like the ones I share with you on this episode, they're nice to listen to, but an idea without execution is nothing. An idea without a plan is nothing. An idea without a team is nothing. None of it matters. I could tell you a thousand ideas right now and none of them matter unless there's a plan, unless there's a team, and unless there's the ability to execute. You got to have those things. And so if you're going to come to us to pitch an idea, come with a plan. Come with a team. Come with the understanding of how this is actually going to get executed and come together. Come with something more robust, something more baked, so that I can look at it and go, okay, you not only have an idea, but you also have all of the makings to actually make this real. You've got a plan. You know what your next steps are. You know what you need to get this done. You know how much money you need. You know what people you need. You've got the, you've got the plan of how it's going to work. You, you have thought through who the customers are, how the marketing is going to work, et cetera. I could, I could talk for another hour about business plans. I'm not going to do that, but uh, there's plenty of good resources out there around business planning. The business plan canvas is a great place to start because it is a one page strategy document to fill out that challenges you to think through every element of, a, of building a good business. It's called the business plan canvas. I would start there, put that together. And once you've really put a lot of robust thought into it, then reach out. If you're looking for investment or you're looking for partnership, contact our team at Sports Card Investor and we will take a look. All right, guys, that's what I got for today. Let me know, first of all, a couple things. What ideas do you have? What do you think of the ideas I put forth? Let me know in the YouTube comments. I would love to hear about that. And are there, are there more things like this? What do you think about me talking about this stuff? Because I love talking about business. I love talking about startups. I love talking about technology. I haven't talked about it a lot on this show in the past because we've kept it fairly sports card centric. But I love talking about this stuff. Should I talk about it more? Love to hear what you think. Let me know in the comments below. Really appreciate you guys watching. 
Hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. If you haven't checked out, by the way, if you haven't checked out our Market Movers data platform yet, you can find more out about that by going to sportscardinvestor.com and clicking on Market Movers. As an entrepreneur, as a founder, I got to give you that pitch. I got to give you the sales pitch. It's, you know, that's got to happen in the episodes. That's how we get customers, right? That's how this whole thing works. Uh, so please check out Market Movers. And uh, oh yes, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the little bell icon. That matters as well. By the way, guys, we are almost at 50 thousand subscribers almost 50,000 maybe you will be subscriber 50,000 maybe you will be a subscriber 50,000 I tell you what when we hit that 50,000 we're going to do something special we're going to do something special for every single one of you guys out there well I can't promise every single one of you 50,000 but we'll do a giveaway we'll do something cool because I think we're going to hit it here in the next few days I'm really excited about that thanks so much for watching enjoy the rest of your day I'll see you back in a few days with our next episode take care